You've arrived in Forks with Chelsea and Grace. Chapter 1. First Sight, or Old Man Goes to High School and Complains About Teenage Girls. It's another boring day in Forks, Washington, for a grown adult man in 11th grade. Edward can hardly concentrate because he's surrounded by idiots, aka teenage girls and the sheep-like boys who are obsessed with them. His ability to read everyone's minds has gotten quite annoying over the past 100 years. Their little brains are full of vapid thoughts that Edward tries his very best to tune out. It becomes especially cumbersome when girls, like the tryhard Jessica, have crushes on Edward and think about him constantly. Who could blame her, though? Edward and his family were gorgeous, perfect, and all dating each other. Somehow, a beautiful, incestuous foster family in a small-town high school was the best option for the Cullens to stay undercover. Edward introduces us to his family. Alice is spunky, but nice. Jasper, her boyfriend, is new to the human vegetarian diet and is a little moody about it. The others keep their eyes on him. Emmett is gigantic and laid back, and Rosalie has a perfect hourglass body, but is also vapid and self-centered. In fact, the only women Edward has any type of respect for are Alice and his foster mom, Esme. They are both nice, and also very nice. Well, things are about to change for our perfect Edward when Forks High gets a new student. The thoughts of the student body are so completely abuzz over this new arrival that even Eddie is curious. But there's one problem. When he finally spots the new girl, Isabella Swan, he can't hear what's going on inside her head. How on earth is he supposed to make fun of how dumb she is now? By all accounts, Isabella Swan is totally ordinary, but striking. Shy and unassuming, yet the center of everyone's attention. All the boys want to date her, and all the girls want to be her. Well, it'll come to the surprise of no one who is reading this book that she is Edward's new lab partner in biology. Which, by the way, is extremely easy for Eddie, as he has completed med school multiple times. What a cruel way to exist in this world. Getting a degree that will allow you to give back to society, then moving to a city and enrolling in pre-calc? Anyway, as Bella joins Edward at their shared table in biology, he becomes violently overcome by her smell, taste, blood, etc. It's a whole thing. Bella is very pale. We know this because it has been mentioned about four times, along with her dark brown eyes and auburn brown hair. Yes, this also describes Stephanie Meyer perfectly, but that's just a coincidence. Her pale skin makes it easy to tell when she's blushing. Or as Edward describes it, when her blood pools beneath the surface of her skin. Even though Bella has hardly done anything remarkable other than toss her hair over her notebook, Edward thinks she's the smartest 17-year-old girl he's ever met. And to be fair, if he's been in high school this long, he's probably hung out with a lot of 17-year-olds, so maybe he knows what he's talking about. Bella doesn't seem that scared of him, even though he reminds us multiple times how dangerous he is. In fact, he spends seven pages painstakingly describing the various ways he could kill her and all the witnesses in the room. The first chapter has never felt so long. Edward, always a gentleman, that's supposed to be his redeeming trait because outside of that he's kind of crabby, decides to spare her life. Somehow wanting to eat and kill her has also led to thoughts of wanting to protect her at all costs. Things are escalating fast for someone who spent the first page of the book describing cracks on the lunchroom wall. After class, Eddie goes to his car and tells us, I played a CD that usually calmed me. Which I can only imagine was Shania Twain's Come On Over album. He decides to do the right thing and heads to the school secretary to see if he can change out of his biology class. In no uncertain terms, the secretary wants to fuck Edward Cullen. He can read her mind, which is full of thoughts of how Edward is too young for her. He could be her son. Wrong, of course. I was older than her grandfather. So we agree. He's too old for Bella. Speaking of Bella, she walks in the office right as the horny secretary tells Ed that he can't switch out of biology. Great timing. Now she thinks he hates her. Who cares? We barely know her. Well, since this book is 658 pages long, we know that Edward cares. 
As he drives his siblings back to their house after school, Alice, who can see the ever-changing future based on people's decisions, yeah, more on that later, knows what Edward is going to do. He's going to leave Forks for good. So you may be wondering where Bella is through all of this. She moves to Forks, Washington to live with her dad, while her mom enjoys life as a newly married woman. She goes to her first day of school and meets a cast of characters, all of whom she doesn't really connect with because Bella is different and not like other girls. She meets Edward in biology, and the experience is perhaps not as awful for her as it is for him, but it's still pretty horrible. He acts like the ultimate fucking weirdo. So let's get into this. First, I want to talk about Bella and how she is in this book. So in the original Twilight, she's kind of like that perfect young adult female protagonist trope that is becoming less and less popular now, but especially at that time, um, it's just very popular. Like she's ordinary, but she's somehow like beautiful and amazing, even though she is like shy and unassuming. But right. it's, it's whole, also a like, plot point in the early 2000s, like for women to be not like other women. That was like yes. used to differentiate women from one another and like something to be proud of. I mean, if you're a millennial, I mean, if you're a woman at all, you went to school and you know that you're often praised for not being like other girls. And it often mm-hmm. seems like writers, especially in the early 2000s, really capitalized on that. And yeah. Bella is an example, a perfect example of that trope. Exactly. But, okay, this time around, she's not the protagonist. So she's supposed to be like a romantic lead, but typically romantic leads are like interesting and exciting and like they bring life to this character. So how, she, to me, she doesn't seem like a romantic lead in this book. Like she doesn't do anything. They keep talking about how ordinary she is. Her only thing is that she's not like the other girls at school. Like Edward echoes those thoughts as well. But right. And the only she, reason he's interested in her is because he can't hear her thoughts. He's the only, she is the only person in the world that, Edward has never been able to listen to her thoughts, which means, of course, you are more interested in the things that you can't have, like a child. If somebody takes away your rattle, you want it back, that kind of thing. Exactly. But nothing about her personality at all. So I'm interested to see if Stephanie Meyer is able to make Bella an interesting character in this book. Because so far, like, she doesn't do anything. She comes to biology, she flips her hair around, and that's it. She barely says anything to him. And her blood smells really good, okay? Don't forget that. It smells really good. True, 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 true. Okay, something that really freaking bothers me about Midnight Sun (laughs) and Twilight in general are the vampire powers. Like, every vampire has a secret power that is, um, like, a trait they had while they were human. That is, they haven't explained that in Midnight Sun, but I remember that from Twilight. So, first of all, Edward's power is that he can read people's minds, which in turn gives him, like, everyone else's power as well. Right. Because Alice can see the future, so Edward can read her mind and see the future. Jasper's power is that he's really strong, so... But even if he fought Edward, Edward Edward would be able to, like, counteract all his fight moves because he can read his mind. So it's just annoying. It's like, is there anything flawed about Edward other than he's, like, an old grump? It's like he has everything. He has literally everything except a lover, which he complains about um, in the first. True. All of his other, all of his siblings are booed up except for him. Right. He calls, what does he call it? Like, perfectly matched lovers, he calls it, which... Bleh. Barf. Uh, yeah. Bleh. Um, Okay, but my biggest bugaboo is with Alice's powers. They make no sense, okay? So she can see the future based on the decisions that people make. So she can maybe see multiple outcomes depending on, a, like, different decisions people are deciding over. But it's like, the, that's not how the future works, especially when she's looking at things super far in advance. Multiple different decisions go into shaping the future. We've all seen Butterfly Effect. Right. We've all played, <laughs> uh, what was that game we played? Dawn oh. of the... 
dead. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like the um, oh, the the, the horror movie uh, cabin in the woods video yeah. game. <laughs> We're horrible. <laughs> well, it'll be a mystery, but you know, it, it they make like choose your own adventure type video games that we like to play. But you kind of see like. You know, you could decide to go to Harvard and then someone else could decide to be driving drunk and then they hit you on your way to college and that's the end of your story. So her whole, it, it just doesn't make sense. But okay, I'm not right. one also, of those people. It's, but it's also something that like, she's not just, she doesn't have the power just to like kind of focus in on one person, which she can do, but she's getting bombarded with these predictions and these future things constantly, like constantly, like anybody she's around, she can feel and see their decisions morphing but and I changing she can tune it out the same way she that can. edward can tune out people's thoughts so right. whatever but you know i'm not one of those people that like hones in on some i understand twilight is not supposed to be like the super intense fantasy sci-fi book where it's like she explains all the magic whatever right. i can suspend disbelief to enjoy like the teen romance whatever right but my other problem with it is that it kind of like makes the story boring because alice can basically solve any conflict that happens right. in the mm-hmm. book like immediately because mm-hmm. she can see the possible outcomes of what's going to happen um and i don't know and it's like just not fleshed out enough i agree and i, I feel the same way about edward's power as well the fact that he can read people's thoughts and i mean think about like how inane your thoughts are you know regularly like if you're just sitting oh, on I your can... couch like what are you thinking about and then to be surrounded by that many people in high school i don't understand how he couldn't possibly go insane well, he does say it's annoying, but I guess that Bella's like the only person he could date because could you imagine if like you were dating someone and they could read your thoughts? You'd be an idiot. It's fate. <laughs> it's like if you were holding in a fart or something, they'd be able to tell. Right. And that you were like, doing that. Um, that's and that's all you were thinking of. <laughs> so I guess it makes sense why he's like never has liked anyone else but Bella. She, right. she, you know, she leaves a little mystery, I guess. Right. So like when Jessica Stanley has explosive diarrhea in the school bathroom, he knows about it. <laughs> Don't forget, Edward folks. knows. Edward knows. He knows. And you know Jessica has diarrhea all the time. She's <laughs> nervous. That's Anna Kendrick, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then that leads me to my question. So, you know, they have these powers. They're going to high school. But, like, why are they going to high school? Why are they going <laughs> to high school? I mean, the very first page of the novel, chapter one, page one. Here's a quote. This is Edward talking about being in high school. This was the time of day when I most wished I were able to sleep. High school. Or was purgatory the right word? If there were any way to atone for my sins, this ought to count towards them in some measure. The tedium was not something I grew used to. Every day seemed more impossibly monotonous than the last. And that is like the initial introduction to Edward being in high school. And we also know that Edward has two medical degrees. Do you know how long it takes to get a medical degree? You have to go through high school, you have to go through college, and then like eight years of med school. If that means he can go through med school, why wouldn't he just do eight years of med school over and over again? Yeah, or work as a doctor. Because, okay, so I remember from the book, the explanation they give is that the, all the vampires are supposed to be like 17, look 17. In the movie, they obviously do not look 17. Right. They do not look like they're in high school at all, especially right. not Emmett. Emmett's like a linebacker. Right. <laughs> um, but, so it's like they have to move somewhere and start as freshmen so, and then grow up and it makes them look the most normal because they're like between the certain age and then once they start getting too old they have to like go back and start over but it's like why do they have to go to school at all they could be homeschool like it's not like they like hanging out with people or they're or they're learning anything new they're truly miserable all day yeah just Can't like they just do something else home yeah i mean they have friends in other parts of the world that are also vegetarian 
you know, they're vegetarian vampires. They don't drink human blood. They drink, you know, animal blood. Mm -hmm. Can't they just like hang out with them or like live somewhere remote? Like it doesn't seem like they like humans. It doesn't seem like they like being in high school or like interacting (laughs) with them. So like, why do they need to force themselves to be anywhere near humans? Like just go buy like a ranch in Montana and live there for like 20 years and then move somewhere else. Yeah. Or go to Alaska with the rest of them. But it's like in the, in this small town in Washington, like obviously they're going to stand out. Right. They're, and they're all dating each other. Like that's right. so weird. It's foster extremely kids weird. are not supposed to date each other. They will actually displace you from your placements if you're really foster kids. And, right. you know, Carlisle is able to work. Oh, Carlisle also has to leave. That's another thing because he eventually like is someplace for too long and they're like, you've never aged. So he has to leave somewhere else to become a doctor. But he died when he was 23. Right. So it's not like, I don't understand why the rest of them can't also pretend to be like in their 20s. Why they have to just go through high school over and over and over again. Right. That's And then there's also a secondary question here. Like, why would they risk it? Okay. So like Edward asked this question directly in the first chapter. Page three. Was it really necessary to experiment this way? Wouldn't the safer path be to just admit that he, Jasper, might never be able to handle his thirst as well as the rest of us could? Why flirt with disaster? He literally asks... Why risk it in the first chapter of the book? It's a great question because, like I said, they're they are vegetarian vampires. They don't drink um, human blood. They drink animal blood, which means like when they're around humans, they're kind of enticed by their scent, by their blood, um, and especially like if someone gets a cut on their hand, the less um, hello. If someone has their period, like if you are new to vegetarianism, like Jasper, like Jasper. Why would you, why would they like throw him out into the wild? Why would you throw him into like an open mall or like a freaking concert or like Lollapalooza or something? You just wouldn't do it. It's not smart. It would make more sense to me if he, if they were younger, like if they were 15. Right. And really looked like a 15 year old. Right. Because at the 17, it's like they're, and it's, they're 17 and also beautiful. So they automatically look old. They don't look like awkward teenagers. Right. So it just makes, it makes no sense. I don't buy it. Okay. Again, I'm not above suspending my belief but right they also complain about it all the time so right. it's like pick a side either right. they have a good reason for being in high school they like to be there it's like a way to test themselves or they're not and they find something else to do with their time like play jenga or whatever right going back on the risk question here's another quote edward's talking about jasper here this is on page four he would have to hunt tonight it was ridiculous to take risks like this <laughs> trying to test his strength to build his endurance jasper should just accept his limitations and work within them Edward seems a little self-aware, but like, huh? Like if Jasper, okay, say everybody else is ready. If Jasper's not ready, keep Jasper home. You know, take him to, on a trip to like the library once in a while just so we can be around humans and like slowly introduce him to stuff. Why are you sending him to school? I don't get it. It they doesn't make it, sense. And it's risky. Why do it? I mean, I feel like she could have still had Bella and Edward meet, not in a school. You know, if she had been doing something else, like if she worked somewhere at like, you know, uh, they're in the middle of Washington. If she had worked at like one of the national parks there or something, I could see how he would want to work there. Maybe he likes nature and he like keeps the animals at bay or whatever. They could have had the meat that way. Right. And also like like, school, you know, when you read young adult novels, a lot of times school is like a huge feature. You know, there's school drama, there's classes and tests and teachers and all that stuff. School is extremely secondary in this book. It is not important. You could eliminate school entirely and still have the exact same story. It's not like there's any stakes for them to be at school. Yeah. In my opinion. I agree. So, okay. Not to get too deep here, 
But I was thinking about, you know, should I softball us for the first episode? And I said, you know, fuck it. We're not softballing. I'm going to ask the hard hitting questions. Okay. Ask. Here it is. Do you think Edward is an incel? Um, technically, yes. Incel means involuntary celibate. <laughs> if but you he's don't voluntary. Know. He's voluntary. No, he's Actually, not. Wait, he's voluntary. Yeah. Kind of. Because of his circumstance. I mean... No, no, maybe he's not an incel because he's waiting until marriage. That's another, like, okay, he's demonic. A vampire is supposed to be demonic if you are, like, a part of the Christian religion. But he's somehow, like, holy because he's waiting until marriage to have sex, even though he's literally murdered people. Um, Hello. Make it make sense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he's exactly an incel, but I definitely he think definitely he definitely hates has. women. He hates women. He has the nice guy syndrome, okay? Um yes. So I have some some close reading pages here. Some just examples of Edward potentially being a little bit nice guy. Mm-hmm. So on page eight, you know, Edward is becoming increasingly frustrated that he can't hear Bella's thoughts. Right. Uh, he's also equally frustrated that Jessica Stanley, the girl Bella met uh, her on her first day at school, is having some rather mean thoughts about Bella. Quote, it was unbelievably frustrating I could easily see that it was a strain for her, Bella, to sit there, to make conversations with strangers, to be the center of attention. I could sense her shyness. This, you know, bothered me. It had that feeling of like, I know what she's going through. You don't know her. You can't even read her thoughts. Right. Uh, On page eight, he's still pissy about failing to read her mind uh, when he thinks, quote, no doubt when I did decipher them, her thoughts, and I would find a way to do so. They would be just as petty and trivial as any humans, not worth the effort I would expend to reach them. So one of the things about nice guy syndrome or like incelly shit, right, is the feeling of entitlement to women's time, energy, sex, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that he Edward is sitting here saying, like, I will find a way to get what this woman is withholding from me is like red flag alert for me. And then and then also it's like. If you're an incel, you automatically think women are shitty no matter what, even if they do want to have sex with you. And so you find ways to, like, put them down. And so he's like, I'm going to figure out what she's thinking. But when I do, I know they're going to just be stupid, like, trivial teenage girl thoughts. It's like, make up your mind. He he hates teenage girls. And when you think about the fact that he's, like, 107 years old, it's gross. Like, no grown man needs to be hating on any teenagers, but especially not teenage girls. Right. They get enough shit as it is. Okay, here's another one. Page 15. So Edward's machinating over how to, like, get Bella alone so he can kill her, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's thinking about, you know, how he can be gentlemanly to, like, trick her into following him. I could introduce myself. Hello, my name is Edward Cullen. May I walk you to your next class? She would say yes. It would be the polite thing to do. Like, again, first of all, the th- he's, like, trying to figure out a way to, like, make her do what he wants her to do. She would yeah. say yes. She would say yes. It's kind of rapey. Just going to say it. No, it is. You know, as they say on My Favorite Murder, if you listen to that podcast, fuck politeness. <laughs> it's true, though. Women, like, you're taught to be so polite. And accommodating. As a woman. And accommodating. Yes, to, even to strangers. I mean, that's how Ted Bundy got people. He'd be like, oh, my leg is broken. Can you help me get this, th- put this thing in my car? And women would be like, yeah, sure. Because women are, you know, basically raised to be nurturing and you know, always helpful. And then if you're not, then you're a bitch. Right. Secondary question. Secondary question off of is Edward an incel? Is Edward a pedophile? Yes. Yes. He is. So I think it's like important to note that like vampires, 
in Stephanie Meyer's novel die at a certain age and then age in years, but they also age with their brains. If you read the original series, you would have remember meeting. There's like an older vampire. She's like 500 years old, played by Dakota Fanning, but she's like, what's she like 15 in the novel? But she yeah. thinks like a real adult. So like the brains advance and they age, but their bodies stay the way they were when they were, you know, turned. In other vampire stories, vampires stay like the same age of their mind when they were turned, like in um, Let the Right One In, which is like a Swedish vampire story. The main mm-hmm. vampire is like nine years old and has the mind of a nine-year-old for the entirety of its 400-year life, which I mm-hmm. think makes sense, right? Yeah. But if you're going to have vampires that are like 100 years old and then like have the mind of a 100-year-old, I think that means they can't be with the 17-year-old. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just really don't like the whole grooming aspect of it. It's like really weird to me. No, I agree with you. Yeah, it would have been a much better option if she had made him also 17. But I feel like that's kind of the whole draw of Edward. It's like he's this older, all-wise man. But like, that is not appealing to me. That's like dating someone's (laughs) grand. Okay, but when you're a teenager reading this book. Yes, I was into it. Yeah, especially when you're that age, like older guys, you don't realize that they're creepy. You're like, oh, he likes me because I'm mature. It like feeds into that. But what I have a problem with is like Stephanie Meyer is an adult writing this. So it'd be different if she's a teenager writing this. If she's an adult writing this, it's like you should know better than to uh, like promote that type of Relationship. ideology of like, oh, yeah. if an older man is into me, it's because I'm different. I'm destined to be with him. Like right. I'm, I'm mature. mature. We're made for right. each other. Here's some examples of this, right? Page four. If you are left questioning whether or not Edward is a pedophile, I've got some examples <laughs> to prove you wrong. Page four. Edward has just finished thinking about how sad it must be to live as a human with such a dull mind and such dull senses when he notices a girl walk into the cafeteria. Quote, at that moment, a small girl paused at the end of the closest table to ours, stopping to talk to her friend. So I think it's natural for adults to call high school students, girl, boy, kid, teenager, child, or any combination of these phrases. Um, And Edward specifically uses the phrase small girl. And the language we use has meaning, okay? So Edward perceives these high school students as children because they are children, which Edward is not. And this is just like setting the scene of how he perceives the people around him, right? Mm -hmm. So then we have page 19. Edward is trying to change his class and reading the mind of the receptionist. The receptionist says, of course, Edward, how can I help you? And then her thoughts are, too young, too young, she chanted to herself. Now we're back in Edward's head. Wrong, of course. I was older than her grandfather. This is how Edward perceives himself. Older than this middle-aged woman's <laughs> grandfather. Yet, Bella is fair game. Yes. But I think that feeds into this the other trope that Bella is like not like anyone else. Right. You know, I think Twilight kind of touches on um, destiny versus decision-making. That's another part of Alice's power. Right. In some ways, it kind of seems like there are only a few destinies that you could choose from. And with Bella, you know, in the original Twilight series, I feel like she kind of made it seem like Bella was always destined to be a vampire. So maybe like she's somehow above everyone else. But it just, it doesn't add up, okay? Because she's still a kid. Her whole life, she didn't even know about vampires until she moved to Forks. And that closes this chapter. See you next time in Forks.